Hello and welcome to Cartel Aristocrats cast number big hundred. This ca- this episode as always is sponsored by GatheringMagic.com and CoolStuffInc.com, our awesome sponsors, with free shipping on orders of $100 or more and a sweet May 35% buy list bonus, which you may get if you're able to submit it by the end of today if you're watching this live. CoolStuffInc.com is a store for all of your Magic the Gathering needs. I'm uh, Jeremy, and I'm joined with the original other two-and-a-half guests plus Ed, and uh, together we're one big happy cartel family. How you guys doing? No, I am really confused as to what you're talking about, but okay. Is that anything new? No, no, you're right. No, I shouldn't be surprised, but I am. I just Tim, are, you using, are you using the microphone on your headset? Oh, I actually am too. That's probably. Wait, is my audio good? No, your Doug's is fine, but Jim oh, sounded like he's I don't even need to grab my own my microphone then. On his head. And uh, this is. Episode number 100 with less air horns. Uh, basically, all of our viewers asked us um, to tell life stories. That was the number one thing. It was almost as shocking as Ed being the second most popular member of this cast. Um, so, who wants to go first? Where did I rank? Uh, we, you, were, you were not on... No, you were on there, I think. You not beat rated. Sig, I'll tell you that much. You beat Sig. What, so, are, what are you talking about? Are you talking about that Twitter poll where there was only four people on it? Yeah. Aww. Well, then uh, Doug probably wasn't on it because there's only four people and there's four of us normally. Oh, did I put myself on there? I yes. imagine so. It was just the four of us. Doug was not on it. Oh, uh, well, Doug, you're always masochistic at best. Yeah. Masochistic? Um, yeah. And narcissistic? Uh, Would you like to go? Jeremy just wanted to see the, the him being in last place. He just wanted to see himself just get voted down. Ed, you want to give us a life story for the listeners? Uh, I, in case it's news, anyone's, I'm uh, leaving Crowen's game store. It is because a lot of people were asking me last weekend in DC about it. Oh, okay. If that, if that jackass Asian guy was going to be running the Kiron's booth anymore. Um, <laughs> today that's, was that's rough. Today was wasn't that what those, those people said about him? Uh, I believe it. Uh, today was supposed to be my last day, except we have uh, regionals this weekend. We're hosting it up in Syracuse. Yep, uh, yep. So I will be there uh, at the booth. That'll be my last day and my last event with Kerwin's. Um After that, I will be in... Uh, Copenhagen leaving on Tuesday. Uh, I'll see you there. Damn it. <laughs> um, be in Copenhagen on Tuesday, return the following Tuesday. I'll be in Japan for a week after that, and then I will actually have a booth not with Kerwin's in Pittsburgh at the end of the month. Uh, more details on that to come shortly. Other than that, but how's, how's life, man? Are you happy? That's what matters. I don't know. I guess I'll move my webcam, and this is currently my floor. I'm in the process of trying to clean my room and move stuff, and it's not going great. Am I happy? Sure. Sure. That's not really a good that's, that's answer. Really a <laughs> that's like progressively. I mean, life. I'm life is more or less me the status quo, right? Like I'm keeping myself fed. I'm. <laughs> I'm continuing to exist. I I, I don't know. That's I'm an not... interesting bar to set. 
I mean, a lot of people don't meet those two criteria, right? So, and not of us all have, like, we don't have the luxury of, like, Jeremy to, you know, lay in a hammock after eating an Italian dinner. Allegedly. Uh, no, you told us these things before the cast. One, I don't want to go outside because it's, like, 80 degrees and muggy as hell outside, and it looks like it's actually about to start raining. Yeah, it's bad. I think it's raining outside right now. I don't think happiness is an emotion. I think it's a personality trait. Ooh. Is that because you're never happy, Travis? Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I was I'm, usually, <laughs> I'm usually yeah, pretty middle of the road. Like, it's just not a thing you can actually manipulate. But yeah, but people who are happy are like always happy. And people who are depressed are like usually always grumpy. And then people who are middle of the road, like me, like tend to always be that way. Like you get momentary spikes, right? But for the most part, it's... Are you enjoying life, Travis? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> we have a very, very diverse personality here. This is what uh, MTG Finance does to you. For all the younger listeners who want to make this your livelihood, you're only happy if you're picking three-cent cards. Other than that, you're uh, you're screwed. My, so fa my father sent me some video yesterday that was kind of complaining about millennials, but he made the point that everyone born from like 84 to like, I think I was the old one. So 84 to like 95, essentially, uh, has a real high chance of being just like emotionally static and just everything is just fine. And you rarely make outside of that range. I, I'm I don't know how much I believe that, it, but it described me pretty well. You could argue that if depression is a mental illness, and that's being the opposite of being happy all the time, that being happy all the time is also a mental disorder. Well, I, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to separate depression from grumpiness. Well, Those are separate. And at that point, you're arguing that, like, the definition of disorder is generally that, like, it negatively impacts your day-to-day -day life, so... No, I, would, I think saying disorder has a negative connotation. I think that's just something that is out of the norm people who are always happy are probably just as mentally screwed up as people who are you know depressed all the time i i, I get what all you're right. saying it, it's a, you're, a dangerous you're more than one standard deviation away from the yeah. standard mental condition in one way or the other i think the reason why travis's dad sent that to him is he wanted a better son and he wasn't able to get it that's the real reason be fair can that's you can you reach that low-hanging fruit from that hammock uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, there's a fruit drink on the ground. I I can get it, like, but then I'd have to reach out of the hammock. I know you're telling me that you're in a hammock, but you look like you're like in a tent, and it's like <laughs> very close to the top of your head, like it's like it's a child sized tent that you decided to sit in. Yeah, no, yeah, this seems like don't usually encompass you like a cocoon. Oh, it's great. It looks like a tarp. So no, it's a hammock. We use these to go camping in the Rocky Mountains or like Israel or wherever. Like a so it protects you from the rain. Yeah, you can seal it up so that you don't get rained on. Okay. So it's fun. Anyone want to give a uh, a good story about their life? <clears throat> like Doug, yeah, is anything? Doug, how was Amsterdam? Uh, that was like months ago, wasn't it? Jesus. I mean, Amsterdam yeah. was a lot of fun. I it was my first trip to Europe, and I went with a coworker from TCG Player. It was more fun for me than it was for him because uh, his like old leg injury acted up and he was just in bed for like the entire week, which kind of sucked for him. But uh, 
I mean, I enjoyed the trip a lot. I got to see a lot of the city on Monday. I bought a bunch of cards at the booths and then resold them for more in America to pay for the trip. Uh, I've been doing a lot more traveling this year than past years, which is super fun. I, w I did uh, Hartford, Toronto, uh, D.C., which are all relatively close to me. And then I'm doing Vegas. Uh, not doing as much traveling as Jeremy, but, you know, I also don't normally travel a lot and don't normally leave New York very much, so... It's exciting. I'm doing a lot more shows for 95 MTG the rest of this year. Um, so, I mean, I'm enjoying life a lot. I buy and sell magic cards for a living. I don't hate myself while doing it. Um, and he says that with pride, ladies and gentlemen, with pride. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy my life. I write articles for TCG Player. That's a lot of fun. Um, I still meet people when, when I go to shows who are, like, fans of Brainstorm Brewery, which is awesome. Uh I don't meet as many people who recognize me from Cartel for some reason, which is weird because I'm a, a host on one of these and a guest on the other. But yeah, whatever. Well, maybe you should leave the podcast that you're a guest on, and you should just be a host more often. Probably, that's probably correct play. I'm I just curious. Got picking, I just got done picking uh, three thousand basic lands that somebody sold me, and I got <laughs> a bunch of the cheeky face uh, dryad arbor forests that are like a quarter or fifty cents a piece. All right, if Doug says that he's happy after admitting to picking 3,000, <laughs> he's lying. Yeah. I mean, you get to look at the cool art. Like, there's a lot of basics I think people just overlook because the art's super cool, and it's fun. Travis, when was the last time you felt joy in your life? Was it when you got married? Because yes. I wasn't there? It wasn't even because of the marriage. It was because of those shoes he wore afterwards. I like those shoes. They're not, I guess, they're probably not my favorite shoes. It's great Can you tell us though. why you like the shoes so much? I, I haven't heard the story. I mean, Doug was just reaching for a fashion article. There was nothing really specifically mentioned regarding them. No, they're the light-up ones. Oh, those shoes. Yeah, those were really cool. My yeah, wife, did, you, did you have like? Did you have like those like light-up shoes that you had like when we were a kid, where you like every step you took it like light up around the, the yeah, they were like. I had one pair of those when I was a when I was a child, but uh, the light in the bottom of the heel always made them uncomfortable to wear, so I didn't wear them. But if you're old like me and you remember LA Lights, they have really upped their game because now you can get uh, ones where the entire sole has LED lights with a uh, a chip in it to program the the lights, so like they can strobe and flash different colors, and they're much cooler than they used to be. And we picked up a pair, and uh, after reception had been going on for an hour my wife and i switched to matching light up sneakers and wore those for the rest of the night they were quite cool when was the uh, last time you wore those um i we had them on for something recently and i don't remember what okay okay that's but we did we actually got a pair of them for our friends who are getting married this year what the hell did we wear those for i don't Somebody know Jim's wedding. Who are you asking? Me? No, Travis. Are you going to wear light-up shoes to Jim's wedding? Uh, I'm not invited, but I, oh, I know. That is not the case. You said you didn't want to come. Don't don't throw me under the bus. <laughs> well, I, I didn't say why I wasn't invited, just that I'm not. I didn't, I picked, I didn't send invitations yet. You couldn't have been invited. I, no, I got to save the date because I picked out a dress for Ed. Wait, what? I don't. We we went over this. Wait, what? You can't, you can't find a date, so I'm taking you. What? <laughs> <laughs> Ed, you better work on that. 
uh, word. Find a girl who likes uh, bald guys. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, that Bitcoin. God. That Bitcoin yeah. spec. Yeah. Yeah. Every time it climbs, like something happens that like chases it back down. Like they have even that. lower, even lower. It just it was getting up to like close to ten grand, and then they announced that like they were getting someone was getting investigated for something, right? They were going to regulate it in Canada. Yeah. So I didn't hear about Travis's light up shoes, but I just googled. I think what is the thing that you bought, and these look awesome. I'm probably going to buy some. Yeah, they're they are legitimately cool, and like I wouldn't wear them all the time, obviously, but uh, they're pretty nifty. Well, it, it, it does help the fact that they're high top shoes, which is something I've been trying to wear more often. Oh, that's not the same, but it's probably the same concept. Or am I? Maybe I'm looking at the wrong ones. Anyway, I'll ask you about it later. Those those shoes sound sweet. Maybe I'll get a matching pair since you're not going to be there, and I'm I'm not really stealing it from you, right? What has your best interaction been with a fan of Cartel? Because I've seen Trent. I've seen Travis talk to people that recognize him from the other podcast. I've seen Doug get recognized by people that recognize him from BSB. Um, I've seen Ed, and then I've seen Jim get recognized as well. So, like, what? What would? Are there any shout-outs to fans that you've met across the world, or like cool fans that have done stuff for you? I mean, I met a person at my LGS that knew who I was from the podcast and the articles that I write. And that was a little weird, but now, like, I found out he's also part of, like, the group of friends that I met at work. So now we're just regular friends instead of weird acquaintances. Uh, I mean, I've met a few people at GPs who just, like, recognize me from Brainstorm Brew, which is kind of cool. Uh, there's one guy locally who I was buying his collection, and then he was talking to me about my articles and how he learned to like buy and sell up, up to this point. Now he's selling out for more than he made. And then he's like, yeah, this one guy who writes for this one website. And I was like, is that his name? He's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's me. So that was kind of funny. But I mean, nothing that sticks out any past that. My best interaction with a fan is the lack thereof. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that Travis actually understands what happy is i think he just is in a constant state of disappointment not like actually dis like depressed just disappointment dude you don't have to go to work tomorrow you can just fly to st louis and you can come hang out at a pool that will make you much happier i don't really like the like caribbean vacation type things where you just sit and do nothing yeah but it's in missouri so you can dodge bullets by the pool it's the that, perfect that doesn't condition. sound very like good. Yep. I remember when the first time Doug came to St. Louis with me, and the only time so I was far. Say the first time. <laughs> I was like in Doug like two months, but like other than that, I was like hyping Doug up. I'm like Doug, when we pull off this intersection, there is a chance we will be robbed. Like, be be ready. Lock the doors. Did you like, and tell the be... other car to like go the other to go that direction too? Yeah. <laughs> you told the other guys like, yeah, you take go up here, take a left, and then we took a right. And I was like, didn't you tell them to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, St. Louis. Fun times. I don't know, man. I've had some fun fans. Like we've been doing this for two and a half years. A lot of my LGS people listen to this. 
and then they quote stupid stuff that like Ed says a lot because oh, they like Ed a lot. Yeah, no, they do. Uh, like Ed is like the most quotable, and then Travis is probably the second most based so off like what people Ed, come up. No, the best Ed quote for me is uh, what was it? Like, there's too much blood on my hands already. Uber won't change the shade of red. Yeah. Hmm. Wait, I don't remember the context of that. Can you? Can you? Can we recreate this? I think it was just because Travis was talking about how the CEO of Uber is like a crazy person and how we shouldn't use Uber. And then Ed just chimes in with that. Wait, yeah, what? Never mind. That sounds about right. What, what are some things that people have quoted about me? I have nothing but... Literally anything Monty says, part one. Um, a lot of people talk about how you have stacks of cards everywhere. And then they talk about, like, uh, you'll, like, they get mad because, like, they can barely afford a copy for EDH of a masterpiece. And you've, like, gone on camera with, like, a hundred masterpieces. And they're like, well, that's bullshit. How do you quote someone showing a hundred masterpieces? That's, like... They screenshot it, and then they send it to me on Facebook. Like, when Ed held up, like, 80 Sundering Titans. But like, like a lot of people like, out there said they can't get enough that? Sundering Titans for EDH, huh? Ah, there's not enough Sundering Titan masterpieces. Yep. So, I don't know, man. It's been a fun ride for two and a half years. We've been through a lot, but uh, it's nice to have people listen to this. Yeah, we'll so. have to eventually like all be in the same room again so we can take a picture so you don't have to use the same one from, like, <laughs> every single time. Was Doug even in that one? I don't think Doug no. even went to that. No, Doug no. didn't go to dinner. He was working. I, I was working for 95. Yeah, we need to do another extravagant dinner where we post the receipt and then get blasted for being classless. Also, so, just so you guys know, the restaurant that we went to is closing. No! <laughs> yeah. Like, when? What? Uh, I think in a couple of months. Um, oh, so I don't there's time. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. There's... there's time. Well, I'm not going to Vegas this year because I'm getting married. So well, now, uh, now you're going to Vegas. Why would I? I'm not going to Vegas to go to that same restaurant again so we can get another picture. How it's much do a, we have to pay you? It's not about the picture. It's about the friends you make along the way. Yep, exactly. But if we're already friends, am I making friends with you along the way? I mean... Are you getting married again? I'll divorce her and get married again if it gets you to Vegas. I don't Whoa. believe you. Hot take. <clears throat> I don't mind sitting out in the hot sun for several hours again. I'm currently doing it, and it is not great. I still don't believe that you're, like, in a hammock. That still doesn't look like one. Here, look. If I turn my camera the other way, you can see that there is indeed a hammock on a tree. Ta-da. Yep, I guess so. And then there's a pool over there. One of the oh, things that I'm... Go ahead. Yeah. Finish your thought. Finish your thought. I was just going to say life is good. No, life is just okay, according to Ed and Travis. It can life never be, be more than anyone. Life would be better if my parents could afford islands. <laughs> I, you, know I think who, you know who tells you that money doesn't buy happiness? People that are rich and they don't oh want... Oh, God, I have a cramp. Try and uh. get the money. Does money buy a cramp relief? Oh my god. Uh, I right. think Japan misuse. I believe that's what they... That's, the that's a good that idea. Take. 
money doesn't buy you happiness, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you should have, like, a good family, and then you'll be fine. Money absolutely buys happiness, and you're a damn fool if you think otherwise. I, f- I feel like that's a pretty poor outlook on life. Having more money does not mean you'll have more happiness in your life. Yeah, Travis, I mean, I, mean, Ed, there's, I think there's a threshold where... Yeah. It's it's like an inverse relationship. The less money you have, the more happiness you can buy with the money that you don't that you get. Yeah, but once you have like, so much money that you can't buy, like the amount of happiness that you get for each dollar is decreases. Yeah, like going from zero to forty thousand is a lot more important than going from forty to one hundred twenty, and then et cetera. There no, is a high correlation. So if you are poor, you can be happy, but it's a lot harder. And if you're rich, you can be miserable, but you essentially did it to yourself. If you love to paint, if you love to travel, if you love to garden, to breed dogs, to do anything, everything takes money and you can't do the things you love if you don't have it. I agree with Travis. But I think that the amount of money that can buy a real, like, a substantial amount of happiness will still continue to go up until you probably get to like $200,000 a year. Well, like, yeah, I mean, there's a limit. Yeah, yeah, no, but I think I mean, at that time is when it starts to drop off. But before that, like every every extra like dollar you get actually buys a substantial amount of happiness. Well, yeah, but that's diminishing returns, right? Like each, it each also, additional dollar that you have as it is a smaller percentage of the other dollar of your total dollar amount is worth less. Does the it same ratio of where you live? Does the same ratio apply to Masterpiece Sundering Titans? I don't know. We have one expert in that field, so... I'm getting really tired of carrying those, like, giant box of Masterpieces around, so... It's the first one. That's that's a good end quote. Yeah. If you guys... That's a good end quote. If you... If listeners want to help Ed get rid of his masterpieces, his address is... And he leaves his door unlocked from... No. I mean, I've gone, I've gone rid of something like four hundred masterpieces, and I still have a box of masterpieces. So. Allegedly, allegedly, right? <laughs> so, like, so, so, to go back to our original question, like, uh, I, I guess this is most relevant to Jim. Like, if you, if you had your salary like tripled from now until your wedding, would you have any substantial changes to your lifestyle between now and your wedding? One hundred percent. Like what? I would, would be, be able to, to afford a beard shave. <laughs> no, I would I would 100% be going to Vegas. Like I wouldn't be cutting possible vacations out because I don't have money for that. Like would like that's Oh, I've got a good one. So so you so you're saying you would go to Vegas if like hypothetically Jeremy covered your trip or some, some generous benefactor covered your trip out to Vegas. I mean, Ed, to be uh, fair, I'm going 100%. The the reason why I'm not going is not because I don't have the time to go, it's because I don't have the money to go. Because I'm having yeah. a, a relatively large wedding on a relatively uh, meager salary. I don't know how to that's, describe that. That's the only reason why I'm going to Jim's wedding is because Ed's covering the trip. <laughs> that's not the reason why. You're going <laughs> because you want to gloat. I want to shave his head. Okay, It'll so... so they, wait, wait. Are you guys going to get matching suits and matching heads? I am... I am yeah. buying an extravagant suit, that's for sure. I yeah, I told you that I would I expect you to be in some ridiculous Don Cherry. Suit. Don Cherry, man. Do it. I'm I'm all on board. I'm I'm okay with that. Uh would you guys rather 
Yeah, so this is a good question. Would you rather make four times the salary you do, but lose 10 years off your life, or just, like, stick it out like normal? Lose 10 years of my life? Like, age 10 years instantly, and then my salary becomes four times what it is? Correct. Is it it age 10 years instantly, or is it just, like, the 10 years gets cut off at the end? No, it's 10 years right away. Like, the next thing you know, Doug, you've suddenly grown to, like... Adult. Yeah, you're an adult. (laughs) You're an adult. Ed starts going through puberty. Travis just is in a grave, and Jim's got a giant white beard. But you get four times your salary. I'm making four times my salary, and I could become a mall Santa? Yeah. (laughs) That's how you get four times the salary, is becoming the mall Santa. There's like an actual like school for that. There's an actual like program you go to, and then you just start start getting paid the big bucks for that. That's an actual. That's a real thing. Yep. Maybe your definition of big bucks and my definition of big bucks are not the same. I I read on Reddit, so allegedly that you can get paid up like two hundred thousand dollars a year as a mall Santa. I don't yep. think you know how to use the word allegedly. So here's my problem. Not only do I not want to live like past a certain age, <laughs> holy I I, crap! <laughs> I, also, I also don't want more money. Like I have money. I literally do not have more things to buy because I don't want to own things. I've already owned like. So then, so then give it to the rest of us, I guess. Yeah. And you're not allowed to say that you own people on the cast. Your lawyer already advised against that. Oh my god! See, Ed is tipped too far to one side. He's got <laughs> enough capital, but he has a forsaken the entire rest of his life in the pursuit of that. And if he doesn't dial it back, he won't be happy, even though he's rich. Uh, You're assuming he's happy. Jeremy's worked. Jeremy's worked out well because his parents acquired all the capital and he just works, takes that. So he gets to focus on the rest of the things in his life that make him happy. Doug, Jim and I have to go the other direction and eschew the things that could make us happy to try and earn capital. No, and really, no, no. even don't, getting don't even having someone having a million dollars. Yeah, Doug literally, dr- Doug literally dropped out of grad school to pursue something that he enjoyed. Well, yeah, don't yeah. Lump me with that. But Doug has. I, I would imagine Doug has not quite found the balance yet either. Uh, and it's it's not even about how the money would change your life on a day to day basis. It's about the security, right? Like if you suddenly just had a million dollars in the bank, you don't have to do anything else differently in your life. It's yeah, just you do. You have to make another five million to retire. What? You have to make another five million to retire. But you are dreaming if you think anyone normal has five million dollars to retire on. And I also, guarantee you, everyone's going to need five million dollars to retire. Sure, no, no, no. that's not the that's not what he said. He didn't say that's not what you need. That's yeah. that's what you have. Yeah, no oh. one. Very, very few people are going to have that amount to retire. So, like, fine. But it's having that money available to you just in the bank, not changing your spending patterns, allows you to not have to worry, right? Like, it removes the stress and the concern. And that's worth, that's where the value comes from. Like, I, you, I have not decided about any of that. So, ever. so Doug, Doug, do you, if you, if you tomorrow decided you didn't want to do this anymore, do you have enough savings to last yourself so you can get another job? Yes. Yeah, it's called selling bulkers every day. I mean, no, no, no. like if you the, stopped if you stopped working, if you stopped doing what you were doing right now, would you have enough money? How how many months yourself? could you persist on your current expenses before you drain the bank? 
Well, I. What's your definition of like until you find another job? Because like, if I'm I saying wanted, if you stop all income streams today, how long before your bank account hits zero? Two months? Six months? One month? Years? That's not uh, all the that's not all the invasive question. Yeah, no, I don't know no, because it doesn't matter. I don't know what his expenses are. I'm just. <clears> I mean, you know, I mean very, like, I, my cost of living is very low. I, 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 I do not. That. I do not spend money on things that aren't magic cards ever, basically. Right. Sure. The, the, like the, that's that's probably a more reasonable question to ask, right? Like very surprised and very similar to Doug, right? My cost of living is basically down to rent and food. Like that's, yeah, that, that's exactly the same. Like I just I don't really spend I'll buy a new video game or whatever every six months. So I, I just don't spend money on non magic card things. Yeah, but it's not so much about like your luxury expenses. It's your rent or mortgage, your utilities, your phone, car, yeah, insurance, gas. But like, right. it's, it's typical bills. But like, people compared... have to pay for those. Those are bills. I'm gonna mute you. You're not helping. <laughs> and like, you know, Jim and I have it differently because we. Uh, I mean, I guess I wouldn't call Buffalo expensive, but Orlando is, and like having wives and like. Children and pets all adds up too, right? Like I'm married. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which like kind of helps actually, but like you, know, none of us have kids, which is obviously a huge drain. So like yeah. that changes allegedly. Right, that it we pays for own support. Well, I mean, like if I if I suddenly woke up tomorrow and hated my life and hated everything that I was doing and just like wanted to just do something completely unrelated to magic, like I I have job offers not. Like, like a billion, but I have like a couple things I could just immediately start doing. Yeah. Okay. So let me put it this way. What if you decided you want to go back to school all of a sudden? Yeah. I can you afford, afford to do that. Yes. yes. Without, yeah, without taking massive loans. Yes. Not a community college. Correct. Okay. I, are, are we, wait, 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 wait. Are we assuming that I'm allowed to sell my magic cards and pay for this? Yep. I guess so. Of yes, course. That's, that's that's basically like having cash. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I I mean, then yes, that's not even a good question. It's super easy. So well, I'd I guess probably be on the go, going back to like the original point, which is like you can do that. Maybe you have enough money for yourself if that's how you if that's like the reality of your situation. But a lot of people, that's not their reality, right? Like a lot of people live paycheck to paycheck. No, I agree. I, I'm not disagreeing that. I'm not just saying that everybody has money to throw around, but like the question was about my situation. So, okay. Speaking of which, I am currently winning on the original Arcbound Ravager artwork and the Sarah Angel artwork because I think it's a very good investment for a business. I mean, the Donato Sarah Angel is pretty sweet, and yeah, uh, I'm winning on I that. Not been getting married, I might like have money to throw at that, but I don't. Yeah, I think artwork's gonna appreciate it in a bit, and if not, it'll look cool on the shop's walls. So, works for me. But uh, Arcton Ravager is super cheap right now. I feel like owning magic art has to be one of the bigger traps. I think like the three of us were mm -hmm. talking about this in Toronto. I think that that it must have been in Toronto at some point. Travis, uh, Jeremy, and I seems like one of those things where the idea is much cooler than the actual. Uh, owning Unless, the art itself. I mean, it's yeah, obviously yeah, but, hard to liquidate too. I was just going to yeah. comment that I don't think that there is a worse way to spend your money in magic than buying magic art. 
Yeah, but it's not my money. It's a business expense. So, whatever. Who owns the business? Me. So then it's your money. No, it's not, because I don't pay myself a salary for my business. Like, it's two completely separate entities. As you guys know, every time I'm at a Grand Prix, I have uh, accounting books. So I, I track all streams of income as close as I can. You're so, being pedantic. No, it's le- legally speaking, and as far as like running a business, there's a clear distinction between my money and my business's money. Yeah, I would call that being pedantic. <laughs> I would oh, call that doing legally, your taxes. Legally critically. speaking, the $10 million company that I own is its own money, not my money, so it's not mine. Well, it's not Even mine. though I could sell the company for hundreds and thousands of dollars or whatever. No, because when you sell a company besides assets, like it's like, what's the value of the brand? And like my brand is zero. So whatever. So the art's not an asset? No, the art's an asset, but you have to pay taxes on it twice. Pedantic. You're losing this one, Jeremy. Uh, oh, hopefully I win Eric Ben Ravager. So uh yep. I don't know. Power has been going up. Doug picked up a little, Ed picked up a little, I sold a lot all. Are we, we going to talk about magic cards after 30 minutes of Lifetime podcast? I oh, the I best Lotus in the world. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. Did you pick up the graded one? No, I picked up uh, this one. Oh, yeah. The K-Force. Yeah. The, you could have uh, paid $2,800 and you didn't. I mean, I mean that at this point in time, it's like... That's, that's like also a, being pedantic. That's like thirty five hundred. That's like a thirty five hundred dollar Lotus. I know. I think the point is moot. Also, no, I did. Talk, I talked to Klug, and uh, he said that his waitlist is only like a month or two. So, so it's back down. Did you know well, that? I mean, moot is the wrong definition. Like the way that we use it commonly is the opposite of what it used to mean. Travis, I would love to have you on my trivia team at like a bar. I'm actually, not <laughs> that great at trivia. I'm what? fantastic at trivia. Hey, you I would not want you trivia? on my team. Why don't you move to Orlando and then we can go trivia all the time? Noted. I don't want to. You guys been playing I HQ? Want, I don't want to live in Florida. Is Orlando an airplane hub? Yeah. Is it, that Orlando, work good? MCO is a is a pretty reasonably sized Delta hub. So yeah, and you don't have to like live here because you never are in your house anyway. Like you're in your apartment like three days a week at this point. Do you guys play HQ trivia? I don't. No. So here's a question for our listeners. I'll actually tweet this out. Uh, where do you all live, and do you recommend living there, and what is the cost of living there? Because I'm <laughs> in the process of trying to find a new place to... He's getting evicted. <laughs> I'm trying to find a new place to leave my stuff. He's and getting that, evicted. And that is surprisingly hard, because every place I've looked at is either too far from the airport, is shit, or is like too expensive. So, you well, can just go hey, throw it in like hey, a room. Time, time out. Ed, I have a room in my house. My house is yeah. 15 minutes from the airport. It's up to you. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I don't know why this is a surprise because you want something well located, but that's, you know, what is the price of real estate, right? Like location, location, Nothing. location. Right. But I want something like probably unreasonably small, right? I don't like, I don't even want a room in my apartment. I want a studio. Yeah, it's seven. It's seven hundred dollars for a three-bedroom, two-bath where I live. See, that's excessive. I don't need that, mainly because all my stuff fits in my like sixty-square-foot room. 
then why don't you just take a room in my place and throw all your shit in there and then I can steal from it when you're out of town? Because I would be in St. Louis. Yeah. And that's the shit one. <laughs> <laughs> you could be in Orlando. That sounded better to me. I'm pretty sure everyone else, too. Yeah, but the but the weather in Florida is terrible. Just and, don't yep. go outside. This is how I explain it to people. <laughs> Just don't go outside. And then you don't have to deal with the weather. I keep the air conditioning very cold, so or like reasonably. That's why cold. you can't afford Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not the reason why I can't afford hey, Vegas. Doug. Just like Jim's air conditioning, you have no chill. Oh, dear God. No, my air conditioning does have chill. That's like what we just discussed. Yep. All right. Well, I'm going to go and get dessert and do some other stuff. You guys have fun finishing the rest of this uh, podcast. You're just going to abandon us after you. No, 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 no. I I told you that I was leaving early. Yeah. It's not even been 45 minutes. And we moved three days for three people. We move Monday for Doug, Tuesday for Travis, I think. Or was it Wednesday for Travis? It was the other way around. It was Monday for Travis, Tuesday for me. Okay. So, I don't know. You can do one more topic before I have to get out of here. I feel because... like leaving. I feel like leaving for dessert is not a compelling reason. To... Yeah. It's tiramisu and creme brulee and a little cream. Have somebody bring it out to you in a French maid uniform or something. I actually can. Okay, so, okay, so tiramisu is already a pudding, and creme brulee yeah. <laughs> already has a hard outer shell. Like, yeah, no, no, they're separate dishes. So, I'm playing Overwatch, and you guys were arguing about where to live, and then people on my team started talking, so I had to open the menu and mute them, and I come back to add going, tiramisu is already a pudding. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, that's, that's on that one real quick. What's the most extra extravagant? I, I asked Travis this. What's the most extravagant food you guys have eaten? Whatever we had in the first Toronto. That was not extravagant. That was I a know, normal tasting menu. I, I just discussed the fact that my cost of living is very low. I don't get out much in terms of like fancy food. Dude, we spent like, what was it, two grand on that dinner bill at Vegas for like six to eight people? Something like that. I, I don't remember. It I was an obscene. It was like two hundred and fifty dollars a person. No, it wasn't. No, really it wasn't that. It was definitely not that because I didn't pay you that much. I mean, did. you and you and Ed ordered the very expensive uh, scotch, so that was a huge chunk of it. I think it was like twelve hundred for food, and there was like seven or eight of us. Okay. Plus yeah, that's drinks plus tip. Yeah, I think I think I think I ended up giving you like three hundred for me and Jen. So that sounds right. Cool. I, I think my scotch was like more than my food. I it was because you went out in the water back in gambling. It was like a two hundred dollar thing for like a two fingers, and then you like bet a couple hundred allegedly in like a blackjack hand and won it back, and then lost it all later in the night when you went to another casino, allegedly. Yeah, I think I think that's the most I've spent on an individual meal, but I don't know that that was necessarily the best meal I've ever had. No. That French toast with bone marrow up in Toronto was very extravagant. It was, it was different. Like caviar is its own thing on like airplanes, right? But like fr- putting a bone on like French toast is just like weird. How are you so? What are you talking about caviar on a plate? Who does that? Uh, literally every Middle Eastern re- uh, carrier. If you're flying like Etihad first, or Qatar, like they all do champagne and caviar upon takeoff. Things that the rest of us don't experience. I was about to say, this is, I'm like in a totally different world as you. I'm like, 
happy when my airline gives me a Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's like a thing that like I don't normally talk about on podcasts is like I'm trying to hit the highest level in American that technically doesn't exist. And I haven't gotten it yet. And I vent my frustrations to Ed like weekly at every Grand Prix. Even then, like so, all, all of us are just on a different level than some other people too. Like we're there's people listening to this podcast who are like, "Oh boy, I can't wait till I get to be on an airplane when I'm 35." Like, <laughs> well, yeah, I like, the it, we have it easy. Events in general, and the fact that we just get to like travel at all is a luxury. Yeah, and you can write it off as a business expense if you're traveling for business. I have to say, if there's one thing that people probably care less about than its vendor buy list numbers at last weekend's GP, it's what status Jeremy is on American. I am not concierge key, and I need to be concierge key. <clears throat> this is a travesty. How inaccessible can we make the content of this podcast? Um, have you been to Labadee? We're we're pretty much there. I, I don't think. even know where that is on the map, to be quite Labadee, honest. Labadee, I've got a good story. Story time. So Labadee is an island, it's a uh, peninsula in Haiti, owned by Royal Caribbean. They actually bought the island from the locals, and they have a giant cookout every week when the cruise customers come in, and they cook it, but obviously it's Haiti, so there's a security fence with armed guards protecting the tourists from the locals, and the locals will beg for food and drinks and everything else, and there's guards to prevent guests from throwing food over and to stop locals from climbing over and ruining the experience of guests. And, like, that's true first-world-like insanity. So, because I was talking with uh, Jerry about this at dinner, because he's also been to Labadee. Uh, Ed knows who that is. Um, it's just, like, a whole different world, where, like, you literally see poverty at, like, its closest. Rip, Jeremy. Uh, so let's say that's a good place to cut him off. He flew close to he flew too close to the sun. Come on, Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, if no one just any of that stuff, that was too too well timed. No, my phone's overheating. It like literally just any of that stuff's just sad, man. And like I am not like rolling in money, so it's like cool that I got to experience this stuff growing up, and like that I won't repeat it basically. Mm. So usually yep. you're not rolling in money. Yeah, I'm not rich. All right, I'm, gonna I'm not rich. The company, that, the company that I own is. <laughs> yeah. Big difference, you guys. You are... My Swiss bank account is rich, not me. <laughs> uh, all right, well, it is now quarter tilt. Thanks for listening to me, I guess, guys. I guess they'll finish it off with the more well-rounded topics. Um... Yep. Later. Bye. So, does anyone want to talk about magic cards? Since that's what this podcast should be about, and we have like 15 minutes to talk about magic cards. Actually. Yeah, I, why are you even on this? <laughs> I don't have anything better to do on Monday evenings. But this is Thursday, so... <laughs> I made an exception for episode 100. Oh, okay. You're so kind. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that you're here, Travis. I not say that I have nothing better to do. I can spare the hour. Okay. <laughs> so, um, something I saw today, and like, if you, I don't know, have Twitter, you probably have also seen it. Uh, the buy list price on Underground Seas is, is 68,000 yen. 
from Hararia. Uh, that seems excessive. Well, so, con conversion rate, that is basically like $680, give or take a 5% or so. A little uh, lower than that, right? Like just over six. I don't know yeah. what the conversion rate is, but it's like give or take. Yeah, like, yeah, like I, a one yen is close to a penny, but not exactly. Uh, yeah. I think I did the math earlier today. It was like 625 or 630 or something like that. But like, weren't the buy list prices for underground seas like a week ago, like four and change, like less well, than the, 500? The biggest thing, with, okay, so here's another thing. The biggest issue with that number is that that 600 or 68,000 yen or whatever is for Japanese near mint copies, which is basically bgs 10 perfect gem mint just nothing wrong with the card and any sort of nick or any sort of even slight mark is going to drop that by like probably 15 or 20 percent okay so even even if it's like five, high 500s that's like still significantly more than north american vendors are paying for underground sea right now right yeah and th that's also just the fact that japan will pay a lot more on legacy staples because that's just the big format over the like uh, you can sell Leovolds for like 38 to um, 95 MTG because that card is just huge in Japan. So Leovold sells for like 60 in Japan in retail. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 so I think like the, the important things to identify here is that these old school type cards, mainly Legacy, are naturally more expensive in Japan because the very, very, very first printing of Japanese cards ever was uh, FEB 4th edition. So duels were obviously like just didn't exist at the time, unlike like German, French, Italian, which did exist in the 3rd edition, the 3rd edition revised um, FEB printings. Uh, so those are more expensive. Uh, the Japanese meta naturally seems to gravitate towards the best deck. So there's not a lot of room for like innovation because if it's because legacy the format is much more solvable compared to other formats so uh before it was miracles miracle cards uh were always very very expensive and now grixis delver is just far and away the best deck um so that's also just like a tendency to play blue over there too yes so generally blue cards also tend to uh be very popular um that being said, the most important thing to note is like the high buy list number at six twenty or whatever six six uh, sixty nine thousand yen. That's not really different than like you know the numbers that like Chow Fireball posts. Their numbers look very very good. Ninety five is also a good example, but they're basically asking for near mint cards. Uh, obviously, it'll scale down with light play and moderate play, but yeah, it's like uh, at ninety five booth we had Chaos Orb on our buy list for like nine hundred US. Um, but nobody nobody brings you a near mint chaos orb, right? It's just uh, it's just like something that is looks really nice. And if we get one, that's awesome. If we get a true gem mint, like beautiful underground sea or chaos orb, we're happy to pay that full price. But like, it's just the number of copies in the room that are look like that and that are worth paying that on are like probably not very many. Yeah, I, yeah. I would argue that over the course of like a year, every Grand Prix that Channel Fireball and like ninety five and some of these other vendors do over the course of a year. There's probably less than five percent of the duels that they receive. They actually pay out the advertised number, just because it's that hard to find the condition of duels that would meet their criteria. Um, the the last and most compelling uh, bit of evidence uh, regarding underground seas price, and I don't say this to scare people, but uh, Japan sells those same near mint duels for ninety thousand yen, which is roughly eight hundred and like ten dollars at this point. Um, that is suggesting 
anyone who's on the fence about buying underground seas and similar duels, um, you really, really want to be getting them soon. As soon as people realize that people can be buying duels from America and taking them to Japan again, like they did many, many years ago, uh, duels will probably be trending upwards very quickly. Um, I imagine Vegas is probably a very, very good tipping point, uh, mainly because Vegas is kind of the beginning of the summer and kind of the next like big Grand Prix where market shifts like this happen. The last one was Seattle. Um, Vegas is coming up. There will be a lot of international vendors there. How many how many weeks away is Vegas? Uh, three weekends three? away. Yeah. Okay, so that is a hundred percent what I was also going to suggest. So, um, sorry to cut you off, but I I just wanted to make a point about that. So, not this weekend, but the next weekend is when the RPTQs for Pro Tour twenty uh, fifth anniversary are correct. I, if I'm, I, I believe that is the case. Why would any of us know that? Because I don't know, you work or live near a car shop. Mm. I, I believe I believe it's two weekends from now. I believe it's the weekend of Vegas and the weekend after Vegas are the okay. two weekends for RPTQs. Okay, so my my thought here is that this this Grand Prix or this RPTQ is a team RPTQ that qualifies you for Pro Tour twenty uh, fifth anniversary, which is M 19s Pro Tour. I don't know why it has a different name, but that Pro Tour has legacy added it is a team pro tour with standard modern and legacy people need to buy these cards for the pro tour i can't imagine that they're going to get less expensive after people start qualifying and need to purchase decks like the rptq is i think team unified standard or some rando thing like that so like that's not really going to cause them to spike but after after teams qualify after the rptq i think that Anyone who doesn't own them is going to need to buy them and need to buy them quickly. So I would be, I would, I'm just echoing the the idea that Vegas is going to be very, very expensive for duels. Yep, and the obviously this is going to continue until the next Pro Tour uh, 25 in what two months? I remember seeing, I remember thinking in my mind like the timeline between. Uh, the pro tour this weekend and the next pro tour is not that long compared to how they're normally divided out. Um, so just something to keep in mind. All right. I'm looking up uh, pro tour magic 25 is August 3rd through 5th. So yeah, it's not very far away. Yeah. So that's eight, that's eight weeks out from where we are right now. And I think part of that is, uh, uh, because that they because they've pushed uh the Pro Tour weekend away from the like the first or second weekend after the set releases, uh under normal schedules like Pro Tour Dominaria would have happened like close to a month ago at this point, as opposed to happening now. And to put that in context, Core Nineteen comes out in like six weeks. I think I think it comes out like the second week of July. And that Pro Tour is happening like three weeks after that. So there's definitely some wonky timing, um, but duels have just done nothing but trend upwards. And I think we're not far away from kind of seeing all of them catch up. Like the cheaper ones have already caught up. And now I'm wondering like if violence start creeping up on them, how long are people going to like take before they realize like if I can trade, you know, if Savannah is on Savannah, the market price on Savannah is like over $200 now or something. 
um, how long it's going to be before buy list is high enough so that people are just going to trade in like three or four savannas and get underground C, which which would be ridiculous. But if you add in uh, the trade bump at some of these bigger buy lists, Card Kingdom, ABU, Channel Fireball, etc., that's a very very possible thing to do. And we've already seen a lot of people kind of shift their uh, their assets from modern staples into legacy staples and into like duels and power now. Yep, I definitely agree. I think it's definitely something you want to look on, look at if you're playing Legacy or you plan to play Legacy. Um, if you're planning to stop playing Legacy, maybe you should also be paying attention so you can just sell your cards because I'm not sure that this kind of demand can last forever. Uh, obviously, there were a lot more Legacy events this year with a bunch of the team events. The team um, uh, Star City Opens being standard modern Legacy, and I think there was a team Grand Prix that was the same way. So after this year, I think there's going to be a lot less uh, focus on legacy. So I'm not sure that the cards were going to necessarily stay this high uh, long term. But uh, is there any other things that you guys want to talk about? I, I've personally noticed that a lot of the Dominaria cards that are not like Karn, uh, Lyra, Teferi, or History of Benalia are all really, really, really cheap. So if you play Commander or if you play just casually and you don't want to wait until rotation, um, buying like random Dominaria singles at this point, like all the legendary creatures basically are just free. Like they're like a dollar or less. Yeah, I, I think one of my biggest concerns is people say like just wait out, cards will go back down, but I just don't see a situation where the reserve list will continue to exist and continue to exist at will, despite what people seem to think. And these cards will go back down in value. Um, <clears throat> mainly because... Yeah. Go, go ahead. No, no, you finish your thought, Ed, and I'll hop in after. I, I think it's just one of those things where if people weren't willing to bite the bullet when Underground C was like $300, <clears throat> like what, four years ago or something, and then it was $400 you know, as early as three months ago, and now it's like, you know, five, $600. Like, people had had opportunities to buy these, and they, and everyone just seemed to opt for the waiting game. I just think that people who are complaining are basically at the point where they would have never bought these cards. So I just don't, again, I just don't see a situation where these cards will just trend downwards. It does, it, it, to me, it doesn't make sense. It might like the price might stagnate. We might not continue to see growth on these cards every week, but I think like these prices are more or less here to stay. What I want to point out, uh, if you haven't heard us talk about it on Fast Finance, real quick, since the reserve list came up again this week for the umpteenth time, is Wizards has no reason to repeal the reserve list. Uh, First of all, they don't want you playing Legacy because when you play Legacy, you don't buy new cards. And when you don't buy new cards, you don't make Wizards any money. And if you do buy new cards, you buy them from your local store and you're only buying one or two. So pushing people, making Legacy easier to play and cheaper and more and like better for the players is not what Wizards wants. Wizards wants you to play Standard and EDH where you buy cards all the time. So like they really don't want to repeal the, reser repeal the reserve list so that you'll play more Legacy. That's not in their best interest from a business standpoint. Also, even if they got rid of the reserve list, it's not like dual lands and moxes are going to drop in price. They're going to sell one a year. And instead of having underground seas drop from $700 back down to 100 bucks, 
you just have $700 underground seas and $3,000 foil underground seas. Don't think for a second that legacy would actually get cheaper if they got rid of the reserve list. So I just wanted to point out, even if it was repealed, would not make your format cheaper. And Wizards has no reason to get rid of the reserve list. So like, stop complaining about it. Patrick Sullivan's tweet on this was super good because yeah. it condensed a whole bunch of 18 paragraph arguments and theses into just a tweet with two pictures on it. And it was really great. Yep. Yeah, I agree here. Um, so do I want to do pick of the week? I want to do a breaking bulk as my pick of the week. Uh, as to be expected. Yeah, I was about to say, like, I, I only know that what that is because I was more like semi recently on the cast and I asked Jason what it was. Um, but we don't usually do that kind of thing here. Oh, that's my kind of thing. So, all right. Well, we'll let you do it since you're a host and not a guest. Exactly. I was going to use that argument if you didn't. So, all uh, right. But no, no, we have a we have a thing where we start with Ed because he's never prepared. So, Ed, you want to go first? I do. Um, I think last week, maybe I don't remember. Uh, it's been too long. Um, I talked about how the EV of um, of uh, iconic masters has just slowly crept up. Um, uh, Horizon Cambia has gone up. It surpassed Mandrain as the highest buy list on it. Uh, in the set, a lot a lot of the cards have kind of bottomed out, but it's becoming hard to find. Uh, a lot of stores kind of went overboard with wanting to make money back on Iconic Masters because they bought too much and they're out of stock. Um, that's kind of the situation I'm in right now. I'd kind of brought the idea that if we have any out, uh, any Iconic Masters are just out and sitting about that we should crack them because we could definitely use the singles for one and. Um, the cost that we got in for them, it, it's getting close to a point where you can start uh, making money back just cracking these boxes, and lo and behold, we had no Iconic Masters. I know a lot of other stores are kind of in the same boat. Um, so, in that vein, I'll probably be picking Iconic Masters for a, uh, a few weeks uh, from here on out, mainly because I'm just looking at cards that um, have a lot of equity in them, either because they're becoming scarce, they're uh, they're, they see a lot of play relative to the format they're in, etc. Uh, so this week it's Shieldred Whispering One. Um, it was it was much more expensive before it was reprinted. Um, I think it was like probably peaked up about sixteen dollars. Uh, very very popular Black Commander, just a very you know big splashy effect that people want in it's not Commander. Not a very popular Commander. It is popular in the decks, but it's not a good Commander. It, oh, okay. Well, I, I don't play EDH, so I'm just kind of going off of what I hear down the pipeline. Yeah, no, but... It's good in decks. It's not good as the helm. Okay. Regardless, uh, this sees a lot of play. Um, obviously, the re the re effect is very powerful. That's kind of what you want to see in EDH. Um, the spread on this card on TCG Player and Amazon is also decently big, which suggests to me that this will lead to a price correction. That's generally the case with EDH cards that see a spike. Because cards that do well on Amazon usually get bought on TCG Player first and just relist on Amazon at a higher price. Um, so right now we're looking at Shield Dreads at about ten dollars. Uh, usually, as a vendor, I usually pay like seven to eight, mainly because it, it's just a very very easy to sell. You'll never get stuck with it, and it's unlikely that this card will be reprinted anytime soon. Um, that's another thing I look for. Uh, 
mainly because we don't know what the next reprint set looks like. The most recent uh, announcement day came and gone, and there was no announcement that there would be like a fall Modern Masters set. <clears throat> Not to say that there won't be, but because it's a little ways off, they could still announce it down the line, like at the Pro Tour this weekend or wherever. It just suggests to me that there's a lot of cards that do need to be reprinted and not a lot of time to reprint them. And if we do expect the next Master set to be like a year from now, there's a lot of room for these prices to go up. Um, so I, I, I think Shelter is kind of one of the easier ones because it's just... It just sees so much play in EDH. Um, Vornclex is kind of in the same boat. And... Uh, I'd probably be looking at things like Flusterstorm and Cryptic Command uh, before too long, before they start creeping up as well as supply dries up on them. Sweet. That's a good pick, Ed. Um, Doug, what is your pick of the week? So I mentioned earlier in the cast that I was going through a bunch of basic lands that I bought, um, and I wasn't being sarcastic. I just bought a, like 60,000 bulk on commons, and I decided to pick the basics first. Uh, there's a lot of basics that people leave in bulk just because they just don't understand that certain basics are a lot more popular than others. And it's kind of difficult. Like, people think it's difficult to understand the value of basics, but you can just go to a buy list like Star City or Card Kingdom and then sort by all the foil versions because the foils are going to have like a higher multiplier. So if you just pick out all the foil basics that Star City buys or uh, Card Kingdom buys and you just pick the non-foil versions of those basics and list them on TCG player or buy list them on mass or whatever, and you can get like quarters for certain basics. So in particular here, I've, I just picked out like two or three. Um, the Thunderstorm planes from Odyssey is, uh, I can figure out how my camera works. This is like a dollar or so on TCG player. Might even be more now, but um, it's just like a very, very unique basic land uh, where people just really like the artwork and it's different than most of the basics. Um, there's an island and swamp pairing from Lorwyn that show Galenalandra on them, which is the realm of the fairies. And so every person that builds an Ona deck for commander just wants to match these basic lands because they form a panorama together and the swamp's like a dollar. And then uh, lastly, we have the, the genie face uh, Dryad Arbor Forest, just because Young Park is a brilliant artist and he did a really nice job with the autumn scene on this forest. Uh, it, was worth money before the whole Dryad Arbor fiasco, so it's it's basic that people like because of the art, but also because of the meme of, oh, you can't tell with Dryad Arbor, whatever, but yeah, like foils of these are like five or six bucks, and the non-foils you can sell for 50 cents, 75 cents easy. Uh, that's from Avison Restored, correct? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, the Swamp was from Lorwyn, the Forest is from Avison Restored, that Plains is from Odyssey. So, um, it, there's a bunch of other basic lands that are just worth picking out of bulk, um, and it's definite base like bulk basics are definitely the least picked of all bulk, right? Like people go through the commons and uncommons all the time. They pull out the mana morphoses, the uh, mystic remoras, the the rancors, the Icker well springs, all that stuff. But like basic lands, just people go through and pull out the full arts, the foils, that's it. And then all the non foil, non full arts are just like in piles. And then you just get to pull out a bunch of free money. And it doesn't take that much research or knowledge beforehand to just know which ones are pulling or worth pulling. Yes, but it is does take. Um, patience, which some of us don't have for that kind of shit. Sure. I mean, like, it's Netflix hours, right? It's like just time spent like watching a movie or show or whatever. Like, If you're looking at cards, are you actually watching the movie? Or are you listening to the movie? For efficiency's sake. Yeah, I, oh, this is another good end quote. Go ahead. 
I, in case anyone asks, not only do I not watch movies because it's not a good use of time, but I watch movies <laughs> at 2x speed. With oh, I thought it was 1.5. Didn't it used to be 1.5? It might be. I alternate. It depends on the speed of the movie. Like there, are, there are lots of movies that, like the Fast and Furious, definitely a two X movie. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's not a lot of new Lost Boys movies. Two X. I, I have to think that <clears throat> no artistic integrity of a film is lost watching it at two X speed. I mean, there's definitely YouTube videos I watch at two X speed. If I ever watch a Tellerian Community College video, it is always at least one point five, if not two, two times speed because. He is very methodical, but his his like pace of speaking is much too slow. Well, the tech is to watch all YouTubes at two x basically, unless it's music. Yeah, as I was say, music does not work very well, and that's most of what I listen to because that's all I can do at work. Anyway, Travis, what is your pick of the week? Uh, well, I saw this on Twitter, and I don't remember who said it, and it might have even been Jim, but I don't care. I'm going to steal it. Uh, Foil Wood Elves. <clears throat> There's an 8th edition, 9th edition, 7th, and F&M. You'll notice 7th, 8th, and 9th are all very old sets. There are no 7th edition foils left. 8th and 9th is real sparse, as is the F&M. And this is like the third most played card in EDH. Um, And supply is real, real low. I think a couple extra copies probably got bought out after it was brought up on uh, Twitter as well. Uh, But in general, I think you're going to see these bounce pretty soon. Um, so, you know, if you're picking them up at eight bucks, nine bucks for foils, it doesn't really matter which one you're going to be happy with that. I think this is a card that could really easily just get hit with a reprint though, like a master set or something like that. Well, we have no masters set on the horizon. No, I know. I'm just saying like, this isn't, this isn't a long-term like reserve list-esque like year plus hold. This is something that like, if you get it and it jumps, you just immediately have to sell it. Yeah. But that's the case for all of your specs. I mean, they've printed it a million times, just never in foil, right? right. Like, we haven't got a foil in, like, 10 years. Yeah. We've gotten in Commander every year. By the way, the F&M is Rebecca Gway. That's some good art. Yeah. All right, well, my pick of the week is a little bit weird because I think it's a card that will catch on quickly after people play with it, so this might actually be a good time to buy it. So my pick this week is Regna's Sanction. It's a card from Battle Bond that's the white friend or foe card. Um, I have a feeling that when people start playing it, they'll realize that it's a lot like a white version of a like insurrection type effect where it just kind of ends the game or at least starts killing people. So I think that this card is likely to be very popular, possibly the most popular friend or foe card out of the set. And right now you can get them on TCG Player for less than 50 cents. Um, If you play Commander, I think this is a card that you'll want to have in your arsenal. When foils start going up on release weekend, I would probably target Jim, 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 don't mention the words Commander's Arsenal in front of Travis. I didn't say Commander's Arsenal. You said commander, and then you said the word arsenal like two words later. But the joke is joke. I know, but like I didn't even say them together, and I was like, "What the hell are you talking about?" That was a stretch, Doug. That was a stretch. I said commander, and then I said in your arsenal. Yeah, I still think it was worth it. Okay, I don't regret saying it. Okay, that's fine. But basically, uh, I think this is one of the cards that people are the least likely to like read and think it's really powerful and then play and think it's busted. So um, if you play commander, I would at least probably try to order one. If you don't uh, foils will probably be very expensive because this is a supplementary set, just like conspiracy Two, where 
foil rares and mythics will be very, very, very expensive if they are not reprint cards. Kind of look forward to talking more about Battle Bond and seeing how it plays out in uh, the next week or so here. Because I don't think it's released this week. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. No, I, I, I actually talked to the, my friend about this today because there's like there's like a preview event, which is not a pre-release, and you don't get the promos for it, but you can play in, which is blows my mind. The release event, which does have the promos, is the following week after it's released. So this weekend, which is the second and the third is like a pre-release weekend, but there's no promos. And then the set is released on the 8th, which is next Friday. And then there's a release like weekend tournament that you get promos. And I was, I, like that doesn't make any sense, but that's apparently how they're doing it. So so the 8th is like street date, right? That's yeah, 8th is street date. The promos you are giving out on the 9th or the 10th. I should actually check to see if I have some down at the store for this weekend. It's one of those things that just kind of like snuck up on us. Oh, yeah. We just we just came in. We just kind of talked about it. Hey, are we doing this battle bond preview event? And no one knew anything about it. So, yeah, it's um, also kind of shitty because those packs are searchable because uh, you can push the card up of, of in front of the white like backing, yeah, and you so can see what's inside of it. You can see which uh, preview or see which promos are which before you open the pack. So make sure yeah. you're. Uh, Make sure your store is shuffling those face down before they deal them out. Yep. Um, and if you care, the Planeswalker pair has different art than what it normally does, so that will probably be, be quite expensive as a collector's item. It'll, it'll be like a Kaya Ghost Assassin thing where the pair of them is, like, insane. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, it'll probably be, like, 50 or $60, because I don't think that you get very many of them. I think that, like... The highest level stores get like twenty four packs or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's not. It's not going to be a vastly open set. No, no, no. I'm saying like there's not a lot of the preview. Like there's not. No, a lot I know. Of the the reason there's not a lot of preview stuff is because it's not going to be a like giant open set. Right. All right. Well, uh, I think that's probably all we have for you tonight. Thanks for joining us and listening to us talk about our lives for forty five minutes, and then. Uh, dual lands for like the last 20. I feel like uh, it was less talking about our lives and more just me complaining about money. <laughs> I, I'm i I'm in the same boat as you, so I think it's like both of us trying to tell people that they should complain more about their money, or they should like give us some of theirs if they're unhappy with the amount that they have, but <laughs> that's, I think, a, a, a discussion for another day. Hear that, Ed? <laughs> I think there needs to be more Travis and Jeremy uh, dialogue happening. I don't think enough of that happens, <laughs> or or we need to be sharing more of what happens in our. Uh, in no, our no, <laughs> no. None of that is public. Uh, I mean, there are there are some good times. There are some bad times. Uh, subscribe to the Patreon and get screenshots of uh, me telling Jeremy he's got blood on his hand for working for the IDF. I mean, everyone who's going to be going there for, like, Ed quotes is going to be super disappointed because all you're going to get is panda gifs. Yeah. That's true. Ed communicates solely in pictures of pandas. <laughs> and it's only, like, four different pictures of pandas. It's, like, sleeping panda, happy panda. Dizzy, dizzy panda. Dizzy panda, sad panda. I think those are the only ones that he uses. Dizzy panda is confused panda. That's that's one that's more of, like, a what. Yeah, it's it's happy, sleepy, confused, sad. Those are, very, the, those are the four emotions of Ed. They're very expressive. It's far more efficient than typing out a sentence. 
<laughs> and to be fair, know. Doug has quoted me more from my from that chat than anyone else. That's so. true. I, th- I think you've ripped like quotes from that like at least three times, yeah. and I'm sure Jeremy has a few times as well. What was the other? The other best one was uh, positive EV is what separates us from the animals. <laughs> con- con- I... con- context is important, but uh, <laughs> I-, I have nothing but wisdom for the world. I was about to say, like, I definitely, I definitely went to dinner with Ed once, and he told me that. Not getting the two-pound cannoli was negative EV, so we got it. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you. At the time, I was like, this looks like diabetes on the menu. And then he's like, no, that's negative EV not to buy it. And then we bought it and split it, and I got a reasonable-sized portion of it. And I was like, oh, no, that was a good idea. That was, like, the cheapest dessert I've ever had. And it was good value. It was good. I'm not. I'm not trying to say that you. What anything you said was incorrect. I'm just saying that the argument that you gave me was not getting the two pound cannoli was negative EV. So we got it, and you were correct. That will so, never. It will never not be the case. Maybe That's, the second cannoli might be negative EV. <laughs> diminishing returns only for quitters. Yeah. You could argue the correct EV play was not going out to eat at an expensive place. It, it wasn't maybe, that expensive, but. The cannoli definitely helps make it more worth it. If cartel listeners want an important exercise in your daily life, try going out and examining every decision you make and taking only the highest EV path and see how different <laughs> your life would be. And then, and then, you will have yourself, a glimpse the true face of God or Ed. <laughs> and then you can ask yourself one, if money will actually buy you more happiness. <laughs> I, I, I can't explain this. It's just too much. Just go and try this for one day. You try it for like just like six hours. And, and you do hours. All this conversation has told me has 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 brought to my attention is that you need to write a book about living positive EV. I used to play a lot of poker. That's how I paid for college. That's not the. That's not what I just said. I said, "How <laughs> do you make your life positive EV? How do you make positive EV life decisions?" I mean, it's very simple. You just rationalize everything. From Kirwins to like an MLM campaign, like. <laughs> Ed, are you looking forward to the new Pokemon game? Uh, no. It's bad EV. Oh, really? One of the Why starters not? is EV. Not even I, a pun. It's just a statement of fact. I yeah. Well, <laughs> all right. I think this is where we end the cast now because yeah. Travis made a Jeremy level joke, and I think there's really no coming was, back from that. That was better than Jeremy level because we didn't see it coming. If this that was true. Jeremy level, we would have seen it coming from five seconds and beforehand. But no, that was that was better. Well, that's because he's not Jeremy, so that's the only reason why. Anyway. Uh, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, we'll be back hopefully on Monday, the normal time next week, unless people have shit to do, and then I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day or night. <laughs>